survived <sighs> the floods yeah uh thankfully our little zone um really didn't get it so bad i mean there was some flooding yeah i guess our road technically was flooded in one little area technically. It, was, it was closed <laughs> well i was texting our friend and i was like the road near us is closed and you're like no gina that's literally that's, legally the same road it's not legally that's our road <laughs> it's our i don't road. know where, where well, your just, brain is it's, telling it's you it's just further away it's okay it's just so right over just a bridge down the road it's just down the road like but it's it, the road that we live on it's our road it's, it's our road closed our road was closed yeah was closed again always diminishing <laughs> taking just you're a story story destroyer <laughs> yeah. like th that's not impactful oh a road down a few ways down it's like our road was closed and flooded. <laughs> yeah. that's the story that's the story. No story of like, oh, uh, you know, the road a few, you know, six towns over. Yeah. It's not a story. Right, right. Yeah, I get it. But a couple towns, not even, really, sort of one and a half towns over really got leveled. Yeah. Um, we did check, though, all the space, like where the retreat is. Yeah. Um, it sounds totally self-absorbed, but we had to know. <laughs> yeah. That area is fine. You know, a, a lot getting of... getting there is fine. Yeah. The uh, But some cities in Vermont, Montpelier, uh, Barrie, Ludlow, yeah. Londonderry, which is our area, um, really got it bad. Well, I... Talk to my dad, who is uh, who was the mayor of Lawrence when Lawrence had this big flood, which I totally forgot about. That's but I, in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, Just everyone assumed that it was where Lawrence th the is. Spicket River had over. It, w there was three days of intense rain, and my the parking lot of my high school was flooded. And I remember going there and being like, "Whoa!" Like seeing just like this big pool. I think someone had a canoe too, which is totally ridiculous. But I talked to my dad um, today, this afternoon, when you were at the park with Isaiah, and he was saying that usually with flooding, uh, you know, things start to, the water goes away uh, pr faster than, than we'd think. But, you know, you get to see, you, you see, like, the the roads, the bridges, like, what what was left over. I don't want to say the damage because I don't want to bring it. <laughs> so as mayor of, was this major flood? Like, what do you do? It was as, a major flood. My dad, mayor? well, this is actually a great story. My dad was in a helicopter with uh, Ted Kennedy. So that's JFK's brother. Were they drinking? No. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know, but my dad's been to like, You're like that's possible. but maybe, I don't know, because <laughs> both Irish. Uh, my dad's been, Ted Kennedy used to host like mayoral events uh in washington dc and my dad would go so like he's like maybe had a drink with ted kennedy i'm not sure and uh john Kerry was in the and john Kerry ran for president god when did he run for president i feel like he was running against obama at one point mm, not, i don't really yeah. remember I, or before were you even alive? Or, yeah i was he no he ran against he ran against bush so there he is in, in a helicopter. helicopter. Now he's like, Mr. You better get your act together on climate change. And he takes private jets everywhere he goes. 
and he just got lambasted oh, for my it. dad. I'm like, wait, no, what? if your dad, uh, <laughs> like, please, I hope your yeah. dad has private jets. <laughs> that would be great. I'm saying John Kerry yeah. is one of these climate uh, liars and one of yeah. these like extremists and these conspiracy theorists. Yeah, and he's like peddling this insanity and telling everyone like that you got to drive an electric car and you know right. do this and that and he literally just travels everywhere by private jet right the yeah. guy's a fucking tool yeah and i'm sick of these people <laughs> all right and i'm sick of these people fucking gaining going all over the place in private jets and telling you about your goddamn ca- farting cows yeah <laughs> like go fuck yourself and then the people that try to say that um chemtrails like they think that it's the like ice crystals and that's normal. Yeah. Like wake the fuck up and yeah. go to fucking walk outside and stick your head up at 45 degrees and watch. <laughs> and you'll see that the ones that are ice, they last for max 30, 45 seconds. They, they disappear and it's a short trail. Right. People, morons that are like chemtrails are a conspiracy. I know. They're right there in front of your damn face. Yeah, but face. it stills pollution in the air. Like, whether or not you think it's real or not, there's it's still yeah, a problem. It's Yeah, but people literally think it's not real, and they're I not know. watching. And the chemtrails, what happens if you stood there for, like, 20, 30 minutes is it's going to be, it, it's the ones that go like way across the whole sky. They'll yeah. often just start crisscrossing. Yeah, it's like a big but then, grid. then they expand. And then they expand enough where it almost looks like a cloud. And to just the, the countless of are the morons out there, they think it's a cloud or they think that's what jets do. And right. I, I can't necessarily comment what is it that they're doing it's out i've watched regular news stories saying they're seeding clouds with like silver iodide or something what is this shit that's sounds like a metal i don't know enough but also what where's the seeding what the hell is for so we're seeding clouds those chemtrails are over vermont and now we got like catastrophic floods yeah from what because we had days and days and days and days of rain yeah so why are you seeding clouds yeah. Are they trying to make it rain? Right. Like, what is it for? But they're fucking real. Its purpose, I can't guarantee. Yeah. But if it's fucking with the weather, we just got floods, like, literally catastrophic. This it's hasn't been crazy. seen in Vermont. There's some footage of inside restaurants in Ludlow where it literally looks like the Titanic. Um, you just see floating trays and chairs and tables. Well, and... hopefully John Kerry will fly his <laughs> private jet and be like, it's climate change. You guys need to recycle better. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I was thinking about this, too. Like, all these people that get all up in arms about their fucking bags and this. And let me just backtrack. Magical point of view. You want to reuse... You want a clean environment. Of course. And it's really about the energetics. And you don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of shit, toxic chemicals. And landfills. Landfills, toxic chemicals. It's also bad mojo to just, you know, buy so much waste. Yeah. Right? And it's going to be somewhat unavoidable. Like, plastic is unavoidable. But drinking out of plastic, we just want a high vibration. And we want... A clean environment but this i feel like the the climate change like whether or not like oh you have to recycle 
your receipt and where is that really going? And you think you're making such a difference to me, it's magical thinking. Okay. What is magical thinking again? Cause I always get. So this is a whole other topic yeah. I could bitch about. So, so in, from my perspective, magical thinking is what you're going for really yeah. right like you want to be aware right yoga what is yoga yoga of awareness right all these fucking you know white aloe fucking pant people wearing but now have like plastic buses because <laughs> it's like showing all the uh microplastics yeah and like not all good. of that stuff was it lululemon that's just the wear cotton one? underwear ladies yeah it's for real this isn't no, i'm not it's, even it's for real like joking about it yeah um but uh you know magic we create and we change and yoga to me is a system of magic it, is we create and we change ourselves, our inner selves, we change our environment around us. And those certain things align with vibrational frequencies and those frequencies attract different changes. You go to somebody's house that's like a chaotic mess of a house, chances are their lives are a chaotic mess. They probably have tons of debts. Their cars probably have tons of dents in it. Dented cars equals debts. Mm. and um it's it's an energy everybody listen to this podcast knows that we use a crystal a crystal uh, is attuned to a certain vibrational frequency that a frequency that frequency is like an antenna and it tracks more right law of attraction so you got to sort of clean up your act so magical thinking well sorry not magical thinking but magic even sort of like low level magic not meaning when i say high magic that's more like invoking these high energies and high forces but just tinkering with uh feng shui and uh vastu and astrology and putting crystals around or, or using kabbalah color magic right like you want brightness and intelligence put the color orange you know do it on a wednesday burn an orange candle that is connecting dots where a higher function comes in but magical thinking, as I know it, as is considered like a psychological disorder, mm. right? So you start connecting dots bigger than what your little 3D eyes can see. But magical thinking, generally, when you say magical thinking, you're thinking, okay, if I do this little ritual, if I get out of bed at exactly whatever, seven o'clock and I circumambulate the bed and then I brush my teeth 17 times, like if you get, whatever, if it's, it doesn't have to be so OCD, but you're thinking, oh, if you do these things, this outcome will definitely happen. Right. So it's like using lucky charms. Okay. But this is what I feel like the climate insanity of like, <gasps> You didn't like the pla the bags that are like illegal everywhere, and you yeah. can't even get a bag like one bag. Uh, Feels like counterfeit. <laughs> but I just well, the bags are only getting thinner and thinner. Um, and we use we reuse bat. We, we're actually pretty good about it because we actually do almost all of our shopping literally at the farm. Yeah. So our food source eliminates all the middlemen. We reuse the same, like, you know, raw milk jars. Right. Um, and there's very little plastic anything involved, which is how it should be. But I just feel like people, oh, you have your electric car. But you know what I'm saying? How they, you think you're making such a difference. Yeah. 
uh, it to me it feels like a psychological the psychological disorder of magical thinking because you think you're so self-important that you're little I recycled this yeah right I bought a piece of plastic but I threw it in the recycling bin right uh, and you're making this big impact like you're so special and important you're making a big impact I, I think it's a disorder yeah I mean it's interesting though because what you're saying it's like I think what happens is you start to, I mean, you can't, you can be really OCD about what you can do in your, uh, I mean, I'm sure what I'm about to say is probably also questionable, but like lowering your carbon footprint. I remember that was like a big deal. Uh, It still is. Okay. You know, but I remember, I didn't know if that was something that was like debunked. Like your carbon footprint is. Mr. I have a private flying around. Well, his defense. No, Al Gore was carbon footprint. Oh my God, all of them. You're not watching any of this. John Kerry is the biggest culprit. He's he's surpassed uh, Al Gore. Really? In insanity. Really? Yeah. Well, anyway, all I'm saying is I think sometimes what happens is that we feel we have to do something. So like, well, if I recycle this, then I'm then I'm doing the right thing. Or if I'm, you know, where am I shifting my values? We're like, all right, uh, maybe I buy plastic, but I also shop locally with farmers. So I've eliminated the middleman. I'm not I, there aren't like trucks and, and trains and all this stuff to get the food to where I am today for me to purchase. So. I, I feel like I'm just trying to be a little optimistic because I, I feel like at the end of the day, yes, it could be magical thinking, but I think people just want to do, they just want to help and they want to do their part as best as they can. Even though they bought a case of 30 plastic water bottles, they're still going to recycle them. <laughs> and the, that recycling might end up in a landfill because there's politics and recycling that I didn't even know about until like a year ago. Oh, well, nothing gets recycled. That's like the bottom line. There's too much. (sighs) If you really just stop, just back off the plastic. Just don't touch it. But this notion, like your little carbon footprint, the fucking military industrial complex, the same people that are like, I love war, which leaves talk like they go to bomb sites like in Israel and things like that, and the cadmium and the the heavy metals from a bomb being dropped last like 20, 30 years. So those are areas, like we're worried about lead poisoning in an old house or like lead, which we've remediated and whatnot, and we actually had it all inspected. Um, but the I think there's a lot of insanity. I think there's a lot of hypocrisy. I think there's a lot of magical thinking. And now we're creating, there's literally something called like climate change anxiety disorder. Yeah. Because children are being taught that the world is going to end in 2030, 2035. Okay. That um, somehow that uh, mentally handicapped woman, girl um, from Sweden or Switzerland, yeah. whoever, Greta. Oh, yeah. She is like, she had to like delete. She made a post a couple of years ago that like by, it was like the day happened last June. It was like by June of 2023, like the, you know, the world will be over. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as like these like crazy biblical prophets that, that were always like, oh, it's the end of the world, right? And they go bury themselves in a cave in like rural America and they're, and then they get, it, nothing ends. Yeah. You know? Totally. But it's just interesting you brought up John Kerry going around in a helicopter. And I just saw a clip where he's cl- he's like, well, he doesn't own a private jet. 
but he flies private jets. Nobody owns them. They usually, private jets are done by timeshares, most of them. Yeah. So you, sure, you don't own it. You own a timeshare. Yeah. So you, couple of you and a couple of your multimillionaire, billionaire buddies all go in. And then that's how, that's, I know that's how it used to work. Well, I went on a private jet once, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, I will private Unfortunately, jet Unfortunately, I slept everywhere. the entire time, so I didn't really get to experience the full... Actually, the full luxury of sleeping on a flight from Los Angeles to New York City on a private jet. That's just... that's. I mean, I'm sure the thread count of those sheets were just impeccable. Everyone had a bed. There were like eight people really? in there. That's fancy. The yeah. private jets I've been on great. were just functional. No, like we got to get to point A to wonderful. point B. Yeah. And it's great. I would totally private jet if I had the money because we it's are balancing <laughs> out our quote, our carbon footprint. We're balancing it out because we go right to the farm. It's true. You know, we, and I, yeah. I just try to avoid non-local food as much as possible. Yeah. Also, once you start eating totally local, the vibrational frequency, what I found fascinating is I didn't realize the, the vegetables in particular and produce they operate on a circadian rhythm. Mm. So if you're getting like avocados from California and Mexico, like here in Vermont, that's a whole different rhythm. Yeah. So it's like a, a totally different vibrational frequency. And I notice it now. I was noticing it, but I didn't know that that was a thing. I love it. And I actually know what's in season. I've never been conscientious of that in my entire life it's awesome here in vermont except that the season's about two months of produce well but that's the tragic winter, part. winter vegetables well and that's the tragic part that of, of this flooding is that there's um one of our friends listener of the pod who lives in northern vermont the organic farm that she goes to and gets her food from was completely wiped out and these farmers only have they have such a short season i mean versus like california where you can just grow year-round so it is really devastating it's like it's people's food that is now gone yeah. not and, available and i can speak for vermont there's really is a push and a movement you know that Vermont sort of feeds itself, takes yeah. care of itself. And so, so many of these farms literally feed their little region. Yeah. Right? Like our area, there's probably like less than 10 main farms. There's more, but those are like at least the ones I know. And that's like where most of this area is, you know, eating a lot of its food. Yeah. So for an area to get devastated like that. So we'll see. We're actually... um our High Holy Days workshop, which we tie into because 8-8 is really popular, um, which is a, just a total new age construct. But anyhow, I am a numerologist and there is significance in the numbers, but it happens to be during the way more important energy of the High Holy Days. Anyhow, we do a, a workshop every year for this. It's our most popular workshop. And we're doing this and proceeds are going to go to help uh, with the flooding directly like we're finding resources where the money goes directly into the channels that are helping so um, get the workshop yeah because it's a fucking epic workshop but also pro some of the proceeds are gonna go to these channels and to help like this farm is wiped out yeah that's where I want to see the money go yeah, absolutely. And to like local rescue crews. Like I'm not we're never going to I don't send money to a lot of charities because they're just scams. Yeah. You know, they're just like set up 
so some people can have jobs. It's like homelessness. Mm-hmm. Homelessness is a huge industry. I don't oh, think yeah. people even know me? it. Oh. But especially in California. Oh, it's those like we're going <clears> to. <throat> it's a huge industry. If homelessness was, was solved, you know how many people would be out of like a quarter of a million dollar year jobs? <laughs> I'm not joking. No, I know. Like this is for It real. is a quarter of a million, too. Uh, and probably more now. Yeah. Like a lot of these people could be, be making upwards of you know, 35 K a month. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where for me, I don't mean to be so negative, but it's like, are are we just functioning as a society where homelessness is actually, it can never really be abolished. Homelessness will always just be, and then we have to, you know, we have to sustain in some way, make sure that people are off the streets or, I, I, first of all, I, am, like, uh, I don't know. Stop. Let's. <laughs> I'm not trying to solve homelessness. I know. I'm, saying, I'm just saying, is it an unsolvable problem? Yes, I think it That's is. That's what I think and it is. I think that I think it could be quasi solved, but also it's a lot of it's mental illness. I'll tell you, you know what these people need? Your book. This is my book. <laughs> all right. They need again. They need to make vision boards, manifestation <laughs> lists. They should do breath work, breathing exercises. They should try yes. They should stop complaining. Yeah. No wonder you're homeless. Let's <laughs> <laughs> imagine. I could just imagine like a Will Ferrell character, I know, just I a know. total buffoon, <laughs> yeah. being like God, trying to be like motivational prosperity speaker. Yeah, set up a podium in Skid Row. I mean, at least some areas are good with like services. I mean, this is how I helped. Like where we lived in LA, I would just walk out with cash. Yeah. Especially during COVID. Uh, because people stopped using cash and you know just bring out a stack of ones and some fives you know you're feeling extra generous here's five bucks yeah but there was a guy in new york he was asking for money and i had it like a couple bucks and then i had like ten dollars and then he would like wanted five and then i gave him a couple and I, i'm like i should just give him ten bucks yeah you know like, or you oh, could have asked sorry. for change. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be even weirder. That's like uh, asking for change in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. When you had the piece of toilet paper no, no, and you no. gave all our money away for like fat tips. Okay. Because all you Hold had was on a like second. 100 pound notes. Well, I I was literally about to like get very ill. That's Isaiah. That was 2222. If you'd like to go a lot deeper with these teachings, I would highly recommend and encourage you sign up for my mystery school where I post content on Patreon. Um, This is where I do a deep dive into the current astrology, the current numerology. I teach tarot, uh, mystical Kabbalah, meditations, prosperity practices. Uh, There's a lot to basically uh, move the ball forward, upgrade your life. And I also enjoy nerding out on this content. So uh, sign up. The Inner Order, for example, it's literally 73 cents a day. And there is a lot of wisdom drop. So I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, <laughs> we're back, but you didn't even have to know that. No, well... But, what? Well, what? Well, I mean, we could have, like, picked up where we left off, but I think we should just uh, just go. Just go for it. Yeah, but usually we listen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right, because it's been a day. But he's sleeping. We only have so much time. Um, <laughs> while you want to toast your local... 
your local artisanal toast with, raw with honey local, and raw, local, local. But we're saving the environment. We are going back to that. I, I just remember bitching about the environment and John Kerry. And what is hilarious is all of a sudden I come across a clip of him getting interrogated. He's totally denying that he ever has a private jet. Which I had mentioned, but I right. the clip came up like Should a really good it? one, like on the no, because I don't whatever. Okay. Yeah, John Kerry can go eat it. It's interesting that your dad said he was a total douche. My dad doesn't use the word douche, but he did say that he's like that guy. He basically told me that he was like totally full of himself, and he didn't he didn't like him. Um, and my dad he is the most everybody. optimistic person. He likes everybody. Super open-minded, too. He's so open-minded. It's like, I don't, I was surprised when he said that. But then I wasn't surprised because I'm like, you know, a lot of these politicians, they have their heads so far up their beep, <laughs> their bottoms. Their ass, their bottoms. <laughs> their bottoms. Bottoms up. Head up your bottoms. Yeah. Um, I don't. What is? I don't know what his job is now. He's just another one trying to make a fortune off uh, climate fears. Yeah, um, the displacement of people from their homes. Well, here's another thing too. Every time weather happens, um, it's climate. So now we're experiencing catastrophic floods happened yeah. in Vermont, yeah. uh, and I feel very lucky. We already uh, donated some stuff for. There's a town up in the mountain a bit where we bring Isaiah for one of his play groups, they got really devastated. And, uh, so we're working on that. We gave some supplies and then, uh, we're going to use proceeds for this workshop, which we're promoting a little earlier for that. But people, everyone's going to say, Oh, see, it's climate change. I'm like, these events have been happening since the planet. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, well, the way I take it, maybe I'm just completely self-absorbed and a completely self-absorbed narcissist, like listening to someone talk about their astrology chart. But <laughs> um, like what I hear, oh, see, it's climate change is like, oh, see, it's your fault. Right. Like you didn't you used a plastic straw. Mm hmm. And now your state is flooding. Which, by the way, Vermont's probably the greenest state. Oh, my God. I don't mean because it's the Green Mountain state. I mean, like, eco-conscious, uh, eco Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, a million percent. Um, well, last night, usually we had, we had, like, a big flood, flash flood warning. And your mom was here, and her phone went off. And I was, like, she and I were in a total state of panic. Closing all the windows. You guys are driving me crazy. <laughs> it's a freaking, well, it was raining. It was really scary because at one point it said, it was like beep, 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 80 miles per hour wind. Please seek shelter. And you look outside and you see, it was at the exact moment we received that alert. You see the trees and they're swaying. The sky did go black. Like yeah. black, like in the mountains. Like it's like. It's almost like a movie or a video game or something where there's like some evil swirling in the mountains. Yeah, and and I think I have like PTSD. Even though for us we were hardly like it, it, we were completely fine compared to other places, but um, yeah, I think it felt like one of those moments where it, it does bring you to your knees, where you're like you're praying, you're hoping everything's fine. You think about like what is the most important thing in my life and it's my family and the safety of my family on like on the scale of like 
as long as we're okay, everything's okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we prayed the storm away because it basically, it, that's, it stopped. That's it. That's such an unimpactful story, Gina. So Lem, let me, get, no, here's be, my I'm, I'm here's setting my you up. I'm setting no, you up because I didn't you, know if you wanted to share this. So I was going to see. Gina, you you set it up, but then you flatlined it and then you revealed the end. I didn't flatline. You, you it revealed the end. Very, I very much have a pulse. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? I'll check that. Yes. Um, so here's the story from my point of view. The... <laughs> So so we were getting warnings, 80 miles an hour winds. There's all this fear. There's dams up in the reservoirs. There's two dams on the verge of breaking. Vermont is definitely on edge. Mm-hmm. And this the clouds, everything went black. And it was ominous. And the wind really started to pick up. And the trees were swaying like crazy. And we have some really tall ones. And... I'm just like, oh, please, the trees. Like, you're, mm-hmm. I, like, I was worried. The house, the property, and it really started to escalate. And then I was doing protection mantras around the property. And then I did this one protection mantra. You can only say it once a day. That I don't say, I, I haven't, I don't, that's not part of my arsenal of mantra magic. And I was like, let me pull this one from the vault and um, I said it, and it was it was like if you filmed this, you couldn't like you'd be like, come on, yeah. And this the moment I finished saying the mantra, everything just ended. It just started raining. It was like a nice little rain, yeah, a little thunder, which was fun, mm-hmm. and and that was it. And I was like, wow, a lot of thunder. Was lightning. it that mantra? Now is that magical thinking? Uh, according to a, a learned <laughs> psychologist or psychiatrist, probably, okay, except okay. I am a practitioner of the occult sciences. Yeah. So, no, because this is based in cause and effect. The stuff has been studied. And as you build up your practice, you build up your energy through lifetimes and lifetimes you just the the your ability to cause change through these techniques usually just becomes more potent you know yeah. just like a, a professional baseball player a professional pitcher has probably dedicated their life to throwing a very fast ball because they've worked on it mm. you know but it the timing was so exact that I, I, this sounds like, oh, I'm being like a douche or I'm not even trying to, like, this isn't like, look at me. This is like, oh, this stuff seems to work. Or there's just an alignment. I'm totally open. Yeah, it could have just, quote, uh, happened. But right. it was pretty intense. I mean, that was a powerful storm coming in. Yeah. They were, there were calls for tornadoes. Yeah, our phones were I going mean, off. I mean, it's ridiculous. I've never... Our neighbors, well, then you're like, <laughs> you and my mom are freaking out. Then our neighbors, who are literally professional farmers <laughs> yeah. with equipment, okay, and degrees, like master's, master's degrees. degrees in soil, <laughs> yeah. okay, they know about the land. They know all about And they're about like, it. oh, yeah, we're like digging trenches <laughs> on the side of our driveway. We have drainage like, ditches. Do we need to dig trenches? I'm like, I don't even know how to dig a trench. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to dig up, okay? I know right. how to mow the lawn. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And I did mow the lawn today. So no trenches. 
I did. <laughs> so, gee, just you hear something from the farmers with like drenching equipment. I know, I know. No, we don't. Fortunately, our driveway is kind of high up <laughs> with like, it's like there's hills on the side. It's actually very tricky to mow. Well, I, I actually talked to our neighbor today at the park and I was telling her about that. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was texting my husband. Do we need to dig trenches? <laughs> he was getting so stressed because it's not like I am also going to be out there digging a trench. It's no, that you're not Remington trenches. now has to go get a shovel and dig a trench. <laughs> yeah, no trenches here. We're fine. No, I know, I know. There's one We're little five. puddle spot. Yeah. We're good. But thank God um, everything was okay for us. Um but not so much for everybody else. But unfortunately, it is your fault. The climate change is your fault. And <laughs> you didn't use an electric car. Right. And you used straws up until one year ago, two years ago. Yeah. You know, I was reading about the straw phenomenon, which was great marketing. Because you did see that sad picture of a turtle with a straw stuck. Aww. But straws account for... Um, I'm pretty sure it's like point zero 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 three percent like eliminating straws, although everything helps, but on the big picture, it's profoundly insignificant. Mm. And so you're like not using a straw for your, you know, iced fucking caramel, whatever, probably from Starbucks. And um Fresh. but it's like you still got your plastic thing with the lit like i know you know it's that the, the well, straw I love the compost, is not the problem the pla- compostable plastic and i'll i've asked people i'm like will this compost in our lifetime and they're like no don't put it in your compost yeah. container i'm like, like compost so what like are you sure eventually, it's actually gonna once compost? the once the planet turns into just we the climate change gets so bad that's just hot molten like lava planet, then it'll compost. Then yeah. it'll break down. Yeah. So, well, I I still which love is that. Is happening in twenty thirty five. Well, there you it's go. All over. Yeah. Actually, there was a kid going down the slide, and he said there was lava, and he was like, "Oh, there's lava!" And I was like, "Man, <laughs> see climate change." It's yeah. Lava. Like maybe he's in an lava alternate slide. universe. There actually is lava. But um, I I still love that George Carlin sketch about saving the planet. I, f- I kind of just want to like rip it and play it on this, but he talks about how like what if what if humans were incarnated to create plastic? It's it's such a good well, plastic is actually what saved the turtles. Hmm. So that's the thing. Like you got to take some historical pr- um, perspective here. Um, that we used to, as a society, as a planet, we used tortoise shell. Literally, that was like tortoise shell glass. Like we actually used the shell. And to the point of almost extinction of this animal. Plus, we're just killing animals. We're just, like, ripping the environment. And um, because it's a plasticine substance, and we used it, there was a lot of applications. Way more than I I really had any idea. I thought it was just, like, a fashion thing. And plastics save that. Like, so whenever there's an advancement of a material where the resource isn't needed, well, that's the change. So in a weird way, plastics, you know, baleen, uh, oil actually ended the whaling industry. Mm. That was another thing I was just reading too. We like, oh, it's Greenpeace, it's Greenpeace. But by the time they got their act together, um, like whaling was pretty much mostly extinct. 
Wailing for That's an inside <laughs> joke that's not funny. <laughs> you stop taking jokes, too. Gina, you, Gina's been using my joke about how we were on the Upper East Side at Central oh, Park. It's and I, I gave a talk. Multiple times. I at gave the park. a talk, and I was like, oh, we were doing a prosperity event in New York. And I was like, oh, yeah, we were in the. You know, in Central Park, and we were like the only parents there with all these kids. <laughs> yeah. People are like, "What?" And then the joke was, they were all with their nannies. Yeah. And then I was like, "We're poor. We 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 don't have we have don't have enough money to not spend yeah, time with our kids." Yeah, as you're speaking kid. about your prosperity book. So it was a good little play because yeah. it was like, "Look, actually, we're like really blessed because we're able to spend time with our child." Yeah, and then I was at the park, and I met this couple that were from the Upper East Side, and I was like, oh, yeah, but "Yeah, they didn't reveal that until you had mentioned you tried to use my joke." Oh well, yeah. So basically, I used. I was like, "Oh, the Central Park's amazing." I was like, "So many nannies there," and then I used your joke, and they were like, and then the woman's face just dropped, and she's like, oh, "She's like, I really." really need to fire my nanny I, I just I don't like her and my kids been we've been on the the wait list since before he was born for his, for this daycare and the Upper East Side and I was like oh my god I'm never saying that joke again and then I was like why is it that Remington can take my jokes and it works what jokes of yours did I ever use the joke about the Egyptian dish what was that? That again? I was like, oh, I've made this like when I was stoned and I was like 19 years old but you obviously prepped it better it was, you know, the dish with like, <laughs> with like rice and the then starch like, dish. The starchy dish. The national dish. dish of Egypt. Yeah, yeah. And then I was saying like, oh, I've made this before. Like when I was, you know, when I had or I had no food in my cabinets and I just like was stoned and I put this, whipped this up. And then I think at the table had like three people and I got a laugh and then you sat down and then <laughs> said the joke and the table had like 15 the people. The whole room and was... And everyone was like, oh! Even the Egyptians were Yeah, like, they who were, were like, totally... In, you were insulting their dish. Well, <laughs> our friend is Egyptian. He was there. I wasn't. No, I it was know. a funny dish because it, it is like, let's just throw all this stuff together. Yeah. Um, that was a fun restaurant. Yeah, well, you know, I have a funny aura. <laughs> all right, Gina. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it turns out these people are Upper East Side. They're hanging in Vermont. I'm just not. I'm not going to do jokes anymore. No more jokes. No more jokes. This sucks. Just be natural. I try. Me being natural is me overcompensating and then saying jokes that aren't funny. The evil eye of Venus. Exactly. They're going to judge me if I'm not. If I'm not goofy. And goofy, like... they might just think I'm stunning and beautiful and smart and awesome. Yeah. And then they'll envy me. <gasps> and that. You get to be a And then I go down the lava slide. You get to be a stay-at-home <laughs> mom. Yeah, lava slide, and you're going to ruin, and thanks to your straw use. Uh, yeah, I do want to comment, though, because we're probably going to start getting flagged for shitting over, all over uh, this we, these weird agendas that are starting to creep up if you're paying attention <laughs> with climate. I'm um, not. I just listen to whatever. <laughs> but the magical, teaching, <laughs> the magical teaching is the earth is rebelling. Because right. we have like totally violated these principles and ideals and the sanctity of Mother Earth and this planet that is in a, a profoundly abundant resource. And there really is enough. And we could have a society um, 
which is not going to be based on electric cars or solar panels that don't work and get ruined in hail and take up tons of land. Right. Um, it takes up it's up to 800 times the amount of land that produce the same amount of energy, right? So hopefully we think of, or we're constantly trying to think of better, al- cleaner alternatives. There's just always greed involved, and that's the problem. But magic does see that the earth is rebelling. Yeah. Right? And because of the disrespect and the harvesting of resources, and it all comes down to greed, right? So we screwed up a lot of this planet through greed. A lot of it's just survival. But then, like, I don't know. The whole thing's a mess. Yeah. But um, in magic, we align ourselves with nature. That can be with a lowercase n, you know, as much like don't use so much plastic. We don't use unnatural, pro- like you know. Well, all but that think stuff. about think about women Aluminum, aligning fluoride. themselves with nature and your cycle, and then we're having to like use these toxic, um, these toxic products to deal with our menstruation because we're okay, having to go into your the other work. Pod no i'm just saying and then that's super toxic and then we've got women like the water everything in the sewage is like full of all these like hormones from the pill i feel like if women just know their cycles get off the pill free bleed take work well, off for like start, five days yeah, start encouraging and teaching women to get in touch with that part but those i'm parts gonna say businesses need to let women free bleed you should have work off work from home and uh, if you're a smart business all the women in the office are on the same cycle I know a woman <laughs> who is part of a group called the Menstruating Minstrels. And Perfect. then they would like get together in the park uh, and like sing songs and stuff. About menstruating? I don't know what the specific topics, but they, while menstruating, they, you know, as a collective, would um, honor that. I think that's through great. Song. I think that's great. Isn't your, um, the, well, quote, I always get offended. People are, what's the spiritual name? I'm like, Isaiah is our child's spiritual name. Right. Like it came to you in a dream. It tied into Isaiah 9-6, the Gregorian chant, the 120th day, 9-6, yeah. unto us a son but Relax. All biblical names <laughs> are actually spiritual names. Just because they've become like quotidian in our Western culture, these are spiritual names. Right. And that's always my joke is I want to go to India and I want to start naming children. I'm going to be like, he shall be known as Joe. <laughs> whatever Phillip. that means yeah philip yeah um jedediah <laughs> still was on my list but isn't jot sangita doesn't that mean like beautiful song or something like that uh yeah it's it's like um that's healing, your, um, healing light through um through music and song um yeah, so you can throw in menstruation, podcasting, yeah, your song, your voice. Jo- See, that name does not mean healing light through jokes that no. you steal from your husband. No, it doesn't. My name in that tradition means the consciousness of God. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, that's who I live know. with. <laughs> <laughs> the consciousness of God. I live name. with the consciousness of God. It, well, it's interesting. I totally, What's your husband's name? The consciousness of God. <laughs> imagine like, doing that, changing, like trying to change your name. Yeah. I, I, I have a million, million percent. Uh, respect spiritual names and whatever your tradition and a lot of people 
try to because uh, they want to diminish somebody's spiritual path and not honor that and that should be more offensive than misgendering somebody in my opinion i a million percent agree um call people what they want to be called yeah whatever it is just whatever fucking it is. fuck off otherwise but i've noticed because there's so much you know starting in 2020 and everyone fell for you know we got to go against our spiritual tradition especially if it's kundalini and then they try to like in media call people by their like street name yeah and it's like okay yeah i know it's you're like, like first of all, you're just no a, one's paying attention you're, yeah you're like a loser you had a second everyone who yeah. survived a cult had a minute yeah i survived a cult that was like hot that was like there should have been a hashtag like hashtag cult me cult me. me cult me cult something <laughs> cult <laughs> Uh, I'll come up with a better marketing slogan. Yeah, yeah. But it's over. It's done. It's pretty much... We're starting menstruation cults. This is what I'm saying. I want to hire women, and I want to let them all know that they can work from home. Did we? Okay, nobody's coming over here <laughs> and free bleeding. All right? I don't want that. Do that on your own time in your own space. That's what I'm saying. You work from Do home. Do Orthodox Jews. Like you, you have to go to like a special place. I'm all about this. Let's build a hut outside, the free bleeder's hut. We have the caboose. We all free bleed in the caboose. The cosmic womb The caboose cosmic blood. lead, the, the lead iron. <laughs> There's no lead. We had a test. I know, it. I know. Actually, it's, it's not lead. lead at all. Yeah. Is that a joke? Yeah. Okay. Remember, I'm, I'm working on... Why don't you sing a song? I'm letting all my jokes out that aren't now, funny now. On the pod. Um, to be recorded forever. Um, so yeah, the earth is rebelling. Stuff is weird. As well as actors and writers. Oh God. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just wanted to say that. It's like a, my natural instinct is to side with these people. But then part of me is like, I wonder what, how, like how entitled I, you know, I don't know. There's. Yeah. But I have friends who are like, who have these big events happening that could change their careers and the trajectory of their careers. And now you have like these premieres that people aren't going to be showing up to. So it's like, wait, this movie that, that could land, like could launch our friend's career to another level could potentially be jeopardized because of a writer strike that like big, like why is Ryan Reynolds part of a strike? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, cause you know why? Who's, is he going to yeah. distribute his, I'm his gonna salary? Tell, I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because he's already rich as shit. I'm so just he's saying just there's like, a lot of people that need a big break. I support the little guys. A lot of people do need breaks. I did respect, and I don't know all the backstory, but years ago there was a writer strike and Conan O'Brien just paid all his writers and they kept going. He paid them out of his pocket, Good. allegedly. But um, what someone had posted, our friend Rachel mm-hmm. had posted that the actors got on board right when um, I, uh, Mercury. Mercury went into Leo. Yes. And I'm like, it's so actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm an actor in L.A. Right. Um, like Leo, Mercury and Leo. Like Leo is not the sign of justice. It's like the sign of creative expression. Mm. Mercury and Leo, that's great. Like let's write some big story. It, also, let's just backtrack. Why is it I I like give a jab to Leos as a not it's not like the intellectual sign. Yeah. 
And then I'm getting shit from Leo's. <laughs> the sign that is supposed to be the sign of confidence and empowerment is yeah. the sign in my experience that gets absolutely triggered the most. Right. I'm like, you're supposed to be a Leo. You're supposed to be confident, so confident that you are so self-assured that you're not worried what other people are saying about the lust Leos. card. What about the lust card? The lust card in so the tarot is a woman in like she doesn't give a fuck. She's probably free bleeding on that line. She that out. card looks like free bleeding. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I'm just saying, I think it's funny. And I just you know, I, before I met you, I've actually a lot of my relationships have been with Leos. Yeah. A lot of people which think is, you're a Leo. Which is interesting because I have an Aquarius moon. And mm. so the, your moon sign will be a, often attracted to what the opposite is. Right. So if you know your moon sign, what's the opposite sign? So my moon sign is... Um, Aquarius. Aquarius. So Leo. Or it could also be attracted to the same. So you might be attracted to Aquarius, which I've never even... Never gone even gone on a date with an Aquarius. Uh, but Leo, I've had really significant relationships in my past, all Leos. And then, so I know a lot of Leos. I attract a lot of Leos. And I realized, looking back, based on the, our Leo offense, yeah. I was like, damn. I was like, I know a lot of Leos. And they all get bent out of shape the but most. But I think you like fiery, empowered women. Yeah, but the Leos are the sign that seems to get their fur petted the wrong way the most. Is petted a word? Petted. I don't yeah, know. The pet uh, petted my pet. Petted, petted my pet. Anyhow, <laughs> the fur gets rubbed the wrong way yeah. a lot. With I notice with Leos. Yeah. You know, so um or am I such a good Scorpio that one word mm. penetrates all of your insecurities and rattles you. So we're rubbing Leos and we're penetrating and rattling. We're rubbing, penetrating Leos. And rattling, yeah. And rattling. <laughs> and free bleeding and Leos. And free bleeding, yeah. Menstru um, menstrual menstruation. Yeah, this sounds like a mess. Um, so I think <laughs> I think you're onto something with the Scorpio, the, the sting of the Scorpio. Um, I like my favorite pastime with you is, to, is for you to come up with with a comment of a video that I'm like, I really want to comment. What would you say? And then you always have the best jab that would get under somebody's skin. And I would never post it, but it's something that I like, it tickles me. I'm like, Oh, that was a good one. And then I think about it. And then I imagine if I posted it and then I'm like, that wouldn't be fun if um, I actually posted it because well, let's see, because you have a it would rattle you have me. a Scorpio moon, so it's all internalized. Yeah, I can't actually put it out there. But I have a Scorpio sun, so I'm gonna. And fuck I have a seven that. soul, where I'm too much of an empath. I don't want the other person to feel bad. Right. See, Scorpio, <laughs> it's not mean, but the it, side effect is, oh, well, I I understand your soul, so I understand your your deepest insecurity. So in one or two words, I'll just drop it, and then. I do. I'll, I'll rattle people. But it, I think it's funny that the Leo, the sign, the most confident sign, but Mercury and Leo, which is a great, like, that's almost an aspect I'd be a little jealous of because I feel like you really could write entertainment. That is a Hollywood, that's yeah. a screenwriter aspect yeah. right there, right? I'm like, my mind is focused on that, you know, expansion, that it's a, it's great actor energy. Um, but it tells me too that they're just hopping in. It's like a vanity project. Mm. 
right? Because it's not the sign. I mean, hopefully they're the Gets positive them tweeting, side. Puts them on threads. Yeah, it's good for marketing. Good for marketing. So yeah. it probably that's a good point. So that it's Aquarian that you have a community of actors of artists. You're in it together. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think all <laughs> actors are in it for themselves. I know, but I'm just saying it's. Which it's I don't have a. I don't have a There's problem performance with there. That. Yeah, I don't either. I don't want fucking communism here. Well, no. Like everybody's like Aquarius, the age of Aquarius, and. And then they just want to diminish all their privacy and then just want, like, everybody's equally shared. And they want free shit. Yeah, everybody wants free (laughs) shit. And they want to Amazon Prime their enlightenment. You know, it's it's, uh, because of the diva energy of Leo. But if you take the greatness that is fucking Leo, which is a badass energy field, which look at the lust card. Um, Now, the old, the dated tarot calls it the strength card. And that woman in every strength card is usually not looking that empowered it's sort of docile but the lust card is like your lust for life your t- paradigm shifter you're not taming that lion you are riding it and yeah. it's doing your will and your bidding and you're just fucking kicking ass that is yeah. actually the card even alistair crowley taught about that card literally as the dismantling of the patriarchy there you go so um which is why everyone probably hated him because he was actually a, a feminist. He free bled. Yes. He was a big free bleeder. <laughs> well, didn't you say that the magician could could be sort of like its own shapeshifter? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I, I said an alchemist. What alchemist. A very, very high alchemist who has, uh. attained, who has attained the philosopher's stone. Okay, yeah. One of the numbers, though, attributed to the Philosopher's Stone is 55, which is the mystical number of 10, which is Malkuth, which is also the number of DNA. I've spoken on it often. This is great. So if you could actually go in, but there have been alchemists. Yeah, you can change your gender, your race. You can speak every language. I've talked about it enough. So let's see. Yeah, Mercury and Leo, though, that is interesting timing. I would. And we are in Leo. We're approaching Leo season. Yeah, I didn't even talk a lot on cancer. Sorry, cancers. Are, are any of you cancers listening? Yeah. Like who? Amy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She's a cancer. Um, I always forget. She seems so Gemini. I guess that Mercury and yeah. Gemini were calling out her chart. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, but there's, I get, swear our life is a lot of Virgo-y, Gemini. Yeah. Uh, what others? There used to be Scorpios. I'm I'm the main Scorpio now. Well, no, there's other Scorpios. There's a lot of Scorpios that yeah, listen. Yeah, there are. Actually. Yeah. I just, wait, Clark, yeah, there's a ton. You, I don't know. What? Just that self-absorbed. Um, yeah, the Leo in me on? is making it all about me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's okay. It's my south node, so I gotta I gotta work on that. Well, and you're having an are you having another <laughs> nodal return? No. 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 Of course not. 18-year cycle, you're not that old. No. <laughs> um, but the nodes are going into Aries, north node at Aries, and south. We're at 29 degrees of Taurus and uh, Scorpio right mm-hmm. now. So you better learn your, learn your lessons. And a lot of those lessons are going to be about money and finance. Okay, but what about what about the lessons of, like, not always – not burning bridges to, quote, pursue – to pursue your pursuits (laughs) we wanted to talk about that burning bridges i was talking about um not 
like how much time do you need to spend like finding yourself like oh this isn't me i'm that's i was no where are you getting burning bridges from this well i just was segueing but should we yeah, segue? Yeah, but you're segueing totally <laughs> off talk, topic about something we weren't even talking about. Yeah, but we were about. talking about it like a couple days ago. No, you were just completely are interjecting that burning bridges. Oh, all right, fine. Sorry, there's just a lot of bridges down. <laughs> the bridges you burn will light your way. Fuck them all. There you go. That's that's my style. Nick Cave sells a shirt that says head high and fuck them all. Yeah, all right. It's good. Is that from a song? It's from his mom. His mom told him that. Because he had to like present at his old like college or something, and then he was getting worried, and then she said that. Um, I don't want to ever mention Nick Cave on this podcast. Why? Again. I have people that listen to the podcast that have asked me to put together a playlist for them because they're seeing Nick Cave live. This well, is like it's never given me so much creative fulfillment putting fine. together a Nick Cave right, playlist. Well, I don't want to thwart your creative fulfillment. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't we create a pod about Nick Cave? I might actually. That might be my next um, do that. Passion you can do that project. On your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we were actually talking about. I liked. I was thinking about this notion of like desire, right, versus actual ambition. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think ambition just goes way further, right? Ambition with like coupled with you know work and diligence, projection, attitude. With the desire, if you, that desire helps you hold the line and hold the vision. Yeah. But I think just desire kind of goes nowhere. And I think that's what ties into this notion where it just run across a lot of people that seem to, um, like, they're so self-important that they need to always be, like, finding. Everything's about, like, oh, well, I have to find myself in this. Right. Is this what I'm really here to do? And think at a certain age you could kind of stop and just start doing yourself yeah you should do yourself <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah totally um I could not agree more I also find that when you're when you're too busy doing other things like not focusing on what you desire you end up finding time to do the things that you desire uh yeah but say that again though i'm piecing it together like when you're when you're so busy like i'm thinking about uh personally myself where it's like you're so i'm i'm always trying to find those pockets of time to do the thing that i want to do as i'm caring for a child as i'm taking care of this house (laughs) and all your weeding and all the digging ditches as you're commanding me to dig ditches weeding the garden i mean you can dig my ditch is a protection mantra yeah but Um, i'm just you know there's like there's things that i i find like where i'm i've i've caught myself feeling very creatively fulfilled in the time in the windows of time where I'm like I'm a little tired but I want to do this and I want to I want to like work this out or even like the time where it's like we could just spend time together and it's like quiet and you know we could just be downstairs uh, with the amber lights watch and and just like that and watching just like that um the show that never needed to be made yeah um (laughs) but I just that's what I'm saying it's like I think sometimes when you have so much desire, it's because you have too much time on your hands. Oh, yeah. Well, too much time creates 
autoimmune conditions. <laughs> That's my theory. Some people just need a fucking job. Yeah. Right? But I think that we've created something. I don't know if this is like a, an American thing, but it's like the job, like all this fulfillment. And I do believe like magic teaches like you have a, 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 your will, which is like your mission here. But I think those things come about by just sort of showing up. And that may not always translate, say, as your, quote, career that earns you money. But a lot of times, it's like Rick Rubin said this in one of these clips going viral. It's like your purpose may not be like what your job, like your, where you earn your, your money, but you are earning money. And if you're living something, doing things that feel like purposeful and what your jam is, you know, it, the rest is fine. Yeah. But I think, like, there's something when you're constantly looking, oh, here's the outside solution. My purpose is sitting over there across the river, mm-hmm. up on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to go get it, as opposed to maybe just starting to do things with more purpose. I, I think there's an internal process that can change. Yeah, absolutely. But I just noticed because a lot of people are just, they're like, it's this outside me. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But it's always about, like, monetizing. And I do believe, like, trying to, you know, align it all up. But if you just do practices, the synchronicities and the alignments through meditation in particular and whatever your spiritual tradition is and dedicating yourself to the inside work, the outside stuff does start to just it starts to work out. That's been not just my experience. That's like the experience of everyone I know that started down some path of inner transformation. Yeah, um, yeah a million percent. And, and you know, I think what's coming up for me is a lot of the time people, it's like what you said where that, that purpose is, is up over the river and, and far away and you have to reach it. And I think a lot, a lot of the time it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It feels so far and so out of reach because you haven't filled in the blanks or you haven't created, I think really community and collaboration is what sort of brings you closer in, in a speedier fashion. Because it's like, I noticed with people that have these like big dreams, it's like they try to go it alone. And it's not, I think everything involves another creative force coming together that then that adds a fulfillment where it's not like oh it's me and I'm going to be I'm going to be up on the bill big billboards and and I'm going to show them it's like oh I'm going to like I'm going to join this theater community and then I'm going to meet other actors and like get well, into the craft together and then I'll and then I feel fulfillment and it doesn't mean that I need to be up on a billboard I mean think those those are obviously still it, it still can be a desire, of course. I but. think on the same token, and I totally agree with you, but on the same token, people also probably outmaneuver some greatness of their lives by just sort of like, oh, this is good. Sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, I just think, I just think sometimes it's not even there. Maybe it's like the fulfillment comes from like just being where you are and like growing where you are planted and then expanding out in your community and like oh. and having a more fulfilled life altogether because I think a lot of people put certain life decisions on pause before they quote make it 
before they've they've actualized themselves. And I think that that self-actualization doesn't then need to like happen first and then you can meet your partner, get married, have children, travel the world, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why not try to integrate everything? Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's that notion of some level of perfection, but also like, I, I totally respect all the inner work, but I definitely see like setting these goalposts where you can't do something until you do this other thing. Yeah. Right. Like you can't be in a relationship. If you start thinking of a marriage or a relationship is that in of itself is like part of the work, part of the job, part of the process an opportunity and your own self discovery. And it's a yoga. Right. So then I think you might let go of like the one, the one, the one's going to, we definitely have riffed in that and this twin flame notion and stuff like that. You know, I think there's some level of like, okay, let's make this relationship the one and we're going to work it out. That's probably some of the old versions of marriage, even spiritual marriage. Like, Oh yeah. Imagine like arranged marriages, like people that, have parents I, those, think it, <laughs> I bet you more of those worked than not i know that's the but thing but it was like i think it comes down to like honor and commitment and, and but the sacrament of well marriage. thanks to baby boomers we're allowed to just pursue our desires and just look around endlessly and that this was a line i put down for notes to podcast about people who endlessly pursue what they want but actually have no idea what they want yeah. Right? So it's like me, 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 me. Um, I'm no relationship expert, but I feel like our relationship is more of a, it really is a partnership. Yeah. You know, it's a group and team effort. It's not just like, oh, always swept off her feet. Right. I mean, there's just like, uh, it just takes. But sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there is all of that. I'm just saying, I don't know. There's. Magic relationship teachings are pretty simple. Yeah. Like, you got to have a lot of heart. You got to apply some logic and you work it out. Exactly. You know? I think there's, I was reading um, in this book about how a lot of, it's like two thirds of the marriages that ended in divorce, one of the partners regretted the divorce. And a lot of it's like with marriages, uh, with children too. But, one of the things that this woman was talking about in the book was like, there was a reason why at one point that relationship worked and you were both attracted to one another. So there's, it's like just getting back to that, like getting back to those initial attractions of like, why, like I was like at one point you were swept away in this relationship. So how do you get back to that point? And can you remember? And I think sometimes like, you know, well, I, mean, I know what you're saying, but is the do you think the point is to be swept away? No, I mean, in this book, she also is like anti the the big romance. Like she thinks that people put way too much emphasis on being courted in a way where it's like, you know, you put so much into your partnerships and you share so much and like, you, you know, there's obviously like a mutual respect, but it's like there's there's just like this big love, this big romance that then over time, I think naturally starts to fade. And then, you know, life happens, maybe children come in and like, because it's not like as like vibrant and, and and like sexy and steamy or something. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I think that I, from her perspective, that's kind of what, um, that's kind of one of the things where it's like people, it's like looking for a partner. Who do you want to share this life with? Who do you want to grow with? Um, not, you know, this whole like romance of courtship. And I think romance is, is good. I just, I think that if it's based on that lust, then it's, it's probably, there's a, there's a shallowness potentially. Yeah. Well, those, that never works out ultimately, which is, you know, whatever. I mean, that's people are, you know, you can pursue all that. I just think like divorce is really high. I mean, on some level, cause we're allowed to, but as not being a relationship expert, I mean, a lot of yogic teachings are basically like you're having your own as an individual sort of short circuits and issues. And then it becomes like the, the, like the relationship and then it's that the relationship's fault or the other person's fault. Uh, I mean, are there horrible relationships out there? Yeah. But, um, you know, magic is like this. You should be, if you're sort of dedicated to your spiritual evolution and your like life purpose, if you will, sort of revolves around that, whatever that means for you. And you're with a partner who also is dedicated to that then you're revolving around something sort of higher and as opposed to just trying to revolve around each other. Right. And I think that's probably where a lot of relationships really short circuit. Right. You know, um, I, I mean, on some level, I feel like our relationship, part of it is we also orbit around our work. Right. Which is also like fulfilling. I, there's challenges. You and I spend... I, I'm willing to bet we spend more time together than most couples. Uh, You're not going off to work. No. I'm not going off to work. You used to. Um, but we literally do everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like I, I was thinking about the ratio of arguments based on the amount of time, <laughs> like the per capita or whatever, the ratios. time ratio. <laughs> I do love ratios, like a lifestyle. <laughs> I think it's really low. Yeah, probably. We literally yeah. do everything together. Yeah, no, it's and true. W- the one thing that I was thinking about too, because I like, because we've had a lot of guests and stuff and it's awesome and it's great for Isaiah and it's cool that we can just be here and people are showing up. We're actually guests from LA we're seeing in, a, in, in like an hour. Um, but uh, what is interesting is uh, I was like, okay, I, I do realize now I need some quote alone time, but I think a good marker, at least for me, with a relationship and with our relationship is you and Isaiah. Like I don't, it doesn't feel like my alone time is ever interfered with. Right. Just the where. So I feel like that's to me is like a good relationship. Positive. I never thought about <laughs> Well, cause we literally do everything. Yeah. Like we're podcasting together. We do work together. You're working on another creative project, which is awesome. But even Audi, like we're just, we're in it but actually speaking of that project i'm working on um one of the one of the um people that we interviewed talks a lot about because she's a um, relationship expert specialist and she was talking about um how people there's that quote kundalini divorce where people they're they've been married for a while and then one of them one of them starts um practicing kundalini yoga or starts you know 
pouring themselves into their spiritual practice and then there's there's a disconnect there's a divide where they feel like their partner isn't meeting them on that level do you like how do you how do you deal with that or is it something well that's a good question and i've had that i actually had a, a private student for a long time and you know we were i was teaching her magic and she her husband started to be worried that she was just gonna get into all so go so deep um and like sort of advance her soul so much that she wouldn't want to be with him, which is what you're saying. And yeah. I've seen it and I've heard it. I have a lot of clients that really get into their spiritual growth and their partner. It's mostly women with men. Um, and the man is just not, not into it. And I don't think generally these types of techniques, men's in our culture seem to be less drawn to that as a way of, of improving or working on themselves. But you know, the teaching is if there's just one partner that's like more immersed in some growth like that, it, the whole family's growing, the whole partnership is growing, right? The, th these practices like heal seven generations before and seven generations ahead of you, you know, especially Kundalini yoga, but any of these deep teachings, right? So many ancestral lines, one person shows up and is dedicated. It could be a Christian, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to just be Kundalini in my opinion. Um, but someone changes those, those energies, but with a relationship, if you're in a relationship and you're, you're experiencing this, you need to tell your partner that it's helping the both of them. Right. That's why I'm trying to get you to do more meditation so I can, then I'll do less. You can just relax. Yeah, I can <laughs> relax and you can manifest and me meditate. Yeah. But, you know, one thing Tej said to me that I, I feel was, was very interesting, very much relates to this. Um, when we were just sort of hanging out, but it wasn't like quite official because, you know, Zella and I'm like, oh, who's this girl, right? Right. She works in film. <laughs> um, like, I, and I guess, so my ego was attached to this notion of being with someone who was like balls to the wall, like full on, like, you know, sadhana and practice and this and that. And um, Tej was like, you're, you're an idiot because <laughs> like, she said, you, you're going to be so bored because that, that your relationship now is completely one-dimensional. Right. Right? And she said she's seen a lot of successful relationships often where maybe one person's way more, quote, etherically, quote, spiritual. The other person might be more worldly. But that's like a simple way. But basically... You take everything you're into and then with a partner who's into everything they're into. So when we got together, my joke is, well, I'll take care of all the mystical stuff and you take care of all that artsy stuff, mm -hmm. right? All the arts and culture. I'll take all the mystical. And then now she was like, your life is going to be that much more expanded. Right. Right. So now I'm learning things from you. You're learning things from me. And now it, it like it works really right. yeah I think quite well especially given the amount of time we spend together totally. um like look at that like I think a relationship probably just these are also teachings like just based on your common interests 
you know, like, oh, like we're into the same news source, right? We'd love to, <laughs> wa- we'd love to watch Fox News or we have to read the New York Times together. <laughs> um, or like we both love the Ramones, right. right? Like, I mean, that can go a little bit. Maybe that's sort of how you meet. But I, I thought that was, that was very wise. Obviously, it's coming from Tage. But I, that was a perspective that I wasn't seeing because I kind of thought, oh, well, we got to be really, you know, doing the same because I'm so into this. Also, yeah. you know, but you being with you, you've like helped me build all this up into also a, like a job. Like we both have jobs. Yeah. Sorry, this I'm just thinking about this full circle moment with Tej because our first like unofficial date I met at your your apartment and we walked to Erewhon and got cake and um, Tej married us and she brought us a piece of cake from Erewhon and she didn't know it was like the same it was like a slice of cake she brought that to us on our wedding day and it just felt like this perfect just that full circle you know yeah literally our first quote date it was like a hangout it was a hangout that i almost just blew you off not because i well, didn't want to back hang from out. yeah and i was like you were tired, tired. We drove, i think you drove like, all one day. day from new yeah. mexico like 16 hours um and i was like tell me all about this white country <laughs> i was like no <laughs> I, I just don't i can't oh, you're just it, like that's like a you know i just brought you it's easier to just bring you and then it's like oh here's a 12 hour day of meditating yeah I do miss it. I miss all of that. But um, yeah, but I was like, all right, but that was funny. We literally had a piece of cake from there. It was that Cafe Gratitude strawberry cake. <laughs> yeah. Not to plug it, and I love to shit all over that restaurant, um, but that cake was really good, that strawberry cake. And it, she brought us a chocolate cake. Whatever, but it was a cafe. No, I'm saying, but it was Cafe Gratitude. It was a, yeah, it was, it was just an Erewhon like, cake. It was like, yeah. right. That's so Tage, though. She's just, like, sort of naturally working in another dimension. Like, because yeah. she'll tell me so many things. I just remember that time. Remember we went out for Chinese food? And I had, like, the leftovers. She's like, all right, you guys take everything. And then she's like, make sure you tie the bag. Yep. I'm like, okay, mom. Yeah. Right? I mean, I wasn't, like, so dismissive. But I just, you know, one thing, too, is if someone, if it's your spiritual teacher, you just listen. And, and a lot of times it's a little thing. Tie the bag. Right? That's something I learned in magic is how to be a good student. And so... I accept Tage as a teacher. Okay, I just tied the bag. And of course I stopped short for something and the entire bag like flew out of the seat, but yeah. it was it was tied. tied tight. Also another another moment of Tage's thank just God psychic I was able powers. To, by the way though, thank God I was able to get a plastic bag in this day <laughs> and age. Right. Um Tej at at the hundred and twentieth day called Isaiah a little little baby Remington. Well, she said that years before, though. It'll be like a little Remington. Tej had said, like, years. Because I had sort of, a child, I was like, oh, I don't know. I probably just passed that. There was one when I was like a hopeless romantic in my 20s. Right. I had, had some hope in my 30s. And then by 40, I was just, I gave up on life. Uh, and romance. And then I but, walk in. <laughs> exactly. Uh and I let you eat cake. <laughs> um, the she did say like, wouldn't it be adorable? There'd be a little Remington around, yeah. and I was like, okay, maybe, 
but he literally looks exactly looks like you. identical to what I looked like as a child. It's uncanny. I get approached by people at the park or like anywhere at the lake or the the farm concerts, and they're always like, "Where's your husband? I want to know what your husband looks like," because like. They want it. They need to put it together as you to guys, how Isaiah is my child. Well, because yeah, your hair is like you know raven esque black. Your <laughs> complexion is a little, you know, it's not as white as I am. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, where did the term olive? Scan? I was look just like thinking olive? that. I don't know. Like from olive tree. Maybe it's yeah. I mean, Mediterranean. Italy, Mediterranean. Does it mean like I you think... come from an area that olives grow? And maybe it's, it's sunny. O- maybe. Sicily. I want to go. I want to go too. We were gonna go, and then COVID. <laughs> um, we decided to have a baby instead. Well, yeah, it was like Sicily or a child. Oh my god. Um, yeah, he do- he doesn't. At this point, you don't look as much related at all. No, but he has he has my um my disposition, my calm disposition. He's a chill kid, mostly. Yeah. He is actually. He's very chill. He's just he's high energy, chill temperament, which <laughs> yeah. seems great, you know. Yeah. And he's um he seems apparently very everything that's like classic boy. You're like, oh yeah, he's a he's a he him. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything: motorcycles, tools, appliances, trucks, yeah. cars, <laughs> digging sticks, you name it. Yeah, but he he's very very affectionate with his stuffed animals, Aww. which I was. I had a whole uh, monkey family, a whole colony of stuffed mm-hmm. animals. Yeah, it's two. St- I had a stuffed Snoopy for some reason I really liked, Aww. and then I, I I got him a wife. It was this the bell or something, and then you could buy outfits. So I was literally buying like dresses and stuff. For oh, that's so sweet. You know. Oh wait, speaking of the seventies. We, your mom brought that caftan. You mean the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> your mom brought that caftan when I was. Which is that so was just a shirt. That's not cute. a caftan. Well, it's going to be a caftan for uh, Isaiah because I'm going to put him in that. Well, I can't believe that she saved that and this really cute, like purple, like tie. He's going to wear it at the retreat. Yeah, it is a cool outfit. And then I'll we got sure in the mail the it. same day. Someone yeah. handed down a sweater from the seventies. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's he's time looping. I know. Like a, he's styling. Oh <laughs> um, let's see. I'm like looking at notes. Oh yeah. man, we got. I do want to pod about this uh, this lawsuit about the free speech, cognitive infrastructure. But, yeah, but okay. I'll save that for next time. Okay. Um, because we also have to get ready for seeing our friends that are visiting. What, how much time do we do? That's an hour. And then we also and then have, we have 20, 20 minutes, 22 minutes and 22 seconds. Exactly. Oh, before. Okay. All right. Let's just wrap it up. All right. So let's wrap it up. The earth is rebelling. Don't blame <laughs> yourself. Free bleed. If you can, if you, uh, yeah, if you're able. Let thy soul be awakened. Oh,